you don't have to do it alone. And the best organizations are saying, we want to co-invest, we want to partner strategically, joint R&D. Incentives are completely aligned on how do we actually grow and, and transform our business. We're speaking with Bill Briggs, the global chief technology officer of Deloitte. Bill, tell us about the research you did with Workday on the CIO-CFO relationship. So it was 600 execs globally, and it was focused on digital finance transformation. In the past, we've talked about the broader the opportunity in front of us to think about just pure innovation, new business models, new product services. How do we rethink how business processes are done? What I really liked about this research is it honed in on the important function of finance and said, what would it look like if we thought about finance transformation differently? Uh, and and a, a few things came to the forefront. One, a small percentage CIOs were what we call the progressive CIO, which is basically the highest, where they're looking at it from a different lens than just the road. How do we take the tasks and processes of finance and automate them a little bit more efficiently? They're really looking at it and say, how do we build this finance function for what the future of this broad tech investment, tech innovation uh, has to be able to support? So there's a few things that came out of that we can dig into, but it was it was really taking a, a in some way a more bounded lens that reinforced a lot of our findings on the broader innovation topic um, that we think is going to be the the competitive you know edge of our time. Bill, why is this CIO CFO relationship topic so important at this point? You still have a lot of the CIOs that report into the CFO. No, I think that's a legacy relationship and is certainly changing. And we're seeing more and more tech executives. You know, one, even the name CIO is starting to be challenged of is that too much of yesterday's thinking? And should we be something different? A chief digital transformation officer, chief technology officer that includes the IT function. So you, you have that still relationship, which is really important. More importantly than that, the CFO has to be the one that understands, endorses, and advocates for broader technology spend. And in the past, there's been somewhat of an adversarial relationship. You know, if IT was a cost center, that the best we could do is ask for some percentage reduction of spend year to year without sacrificing the bare bones of efficiency and, 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 and reliability. You know, now we're saying, hey, how do we look at technology investments as maybe the most strategic deployment of capital in the enterprise? But if we want to do that, you know, one, the CFO can't just begrudgingly accept it. They have to be part of forming and advocating that strategy. You know, and the way we've always thought about you know, financing a relationship with IT it has to change. So it's this really interesting point in time where there's so much opportunity in front of us. Uh, and in a way, both organizations each have to rise and reimagine themselves. Doing it together gives us such a better chance to achieve what really matters, which is the business growth strategy. Digital transformation has really pushed enterprise technology to be in the forefront for many, many organizations. Is that part of the change that you're seeing here? Part of the reason why now was the time to look at this CIO-CFO relationship? Tech transformation for a long time. It, it was always hard, uh, but it would be multi-year in, in a lot of ways, it was trying to solve a pretty well-known problem with a pretty well-known solution. 
So it was, how do we implement ERP globally across all of our manufacturing facilities and warehouses and distribution? How do we, in finance, how do we think about the treasury function, the ARAP function? How do we think about the broader uh, underlying pieces of, of, of finance? You know, by the way, those are still really important. You know, and what the study isn't trying to do is say, let's take our eye off the ball if there's still a lot of modernization that has to happen. The, the difference is digital transformation is actually shift the emphasis on how do we invest in unknowns? How do we help uh, shape and make markets and futures and increasingly do that with emerging technology? And increasingly, that new opportunity is less about cost uh, containment and more about value creation, about growth and financial performance. And, and so you know, we're at this place where it, it requires significant spend. It's a different kind of spend, though. It's not, let's go to the board and have a nine-figure, five-year uh, business case. It's more about how do we incrementally and iteratively invest in the things that we know are going to become the building blocks of new opportunity. You know, that is going to have to piggyback and, and revitalize a lot of the existing assets that we have. You know, so, so it's this, this really great... Uh, mix of we have to invest more in uncertain futures. And we want to say, instead of bet, we want to build the future. We don't want to bet on the future. We want to build the future. But you know, the future isn't going to let you have the same systems behaving the same way and be ready for all the opportunity in front of you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that you're almost reconstructing the CIO-CFO relationship around innovation transformation and growth, as opposed to the historical focus on efficiency and cost savings, as you were describing earlier. Yeah, exactly. We, it, we did an innovation study, which was a nice complement to the CIO-CFO study. And when we asked you know, hundreds of execs, some tech execs and a lot of business execs, CEOs and headline of business leaders, 80% of the tech execs said that the IT executive, the tech executive need to be the one to champion the innovation cause. That's not surprising. In fact, I was almost surprised about the other 20% that thought that that wasn't their remit. What was more telling was 68% of the non-tech executives said it needs to be the tech leader. Doesn't own the entire transformation, but they have to have a formative role in you know, sparking the ambition and helping drive the really dramatic change that has to be there. So yeah, the fact that the CIO has to play in that role. And at the same time, the CFO is looking to say, you know, what is the modern finance organization, what is the modern finance executive that isn't just aware of the spend, but is deeply helping shape and advocate for a different posture toward technology investment? And you know, you think of the two pillars that have to be able to, to rise up in this moment. It's the keeper of capital and it's the keeper of technology direction. And you know, it's establishing that tone. By the way, the other finding in the report was progressive CIOs actually see investment in digital finance transformation as much about how do we ready the underlying data for unknown uses tomorrow as it is about the, the existing workflow and, uh, workflow and processes and you know, automating them in a, in a better, more efficient, more user-friendly way. How do we make sure big investments like finance transformation get us closer to being ready for, for whatever comes next? Bill, you've used this term progressive CIO several times. Can you tell us what, what that means? 
it really is the very small percentage in this study that we did that live up to this full potential. We have this idea of the, the different archetypes of CIOs. And for a while, we'd say um, they, they were basically trusted operator, which is probably the, the historical definition of a CIO, you know, very low on the technology, worried mostly about uptime and efficiency and cost containment. We had the business co-creator, which was basically the seat at the table and being relevant in, in helping not just provide solutions, but help shape a better understanding of the, of the problem. Uh, and then we had change instigator, which was the, I used to say William Wallace, but any student of history or uh, cinema, I guess, would know it doesn't end well. Uh, so we don't want that image, maybe. But the idea that someone is actually leading the charge and helping shape what we really should be thinking about, what true north, what ambition should be. Actually, we need tech execs to be moving toward that change instigator role. It doesn't mean that the other two go away but they become embedded in your teams. They become embedded in your platform and operations. Less about the active pursuit of the leader and more of an outcome of the, of the broader work. But we, you know, we've shifted to say it's very clear that needs to be the point. And we've called it kinetic, kinetic leadership in, in studies before. They play nicely together. The progressive CIO lights up a very specific use case of what that kinetic leader needs to look like. And what does that look like, that partnership, the CIO-CFO partnership, when it's really working well in the context of innovation and in the context of having a progressive CIO? So one of my clients, maybe effectively of Fortune 20, their CFO is the one that makes the argument of why there should be more tech investment. If you just want to talk in very banal terms, right? The fact that the CFO is the one arguing, why can't we expand the budget into these areas that are driving innovation? You know, they look at it as the best deployment of capital that they have uh, you know, versus any acquisition or any new product development that the wholesale, the return on investments in IT. Now, to the, the CIO's credit, they've been very intentional about telling the story of that tech investment portfolio in ways that resonate with the CFO and with the CEO. And you know, effectively, they use it to the board and to the street to talk about you know, why they're doing the things they're doing and how they're doing and the things they're doing and making sure expectations are clear that there's a portfolio of investments. And some of them have ill-defined returns, but a lot of upside. Um, and that's an important part of saying that we're not just short-sighted on today, but we're making investments in futures. What are the characteristics of a CIO? who can carry this kind of relationship. You mentioned communication and explaining why and collaboration as being important attributes, but, but what makes it work from the CIO side? You could say storytelling, like that idea of mission and able to articulate the mission in a compelling way. That's the, the, the first piece. I think the more, maybe the more important one is looking at their world from the lines of the business back, which is you know, market back, product back, line of business back, um, function and domain processes back as well. But that's, that's, that's a different kind of savviness of, of a tech exec that has either lived in the business and able to bring that into the post or more likely that they've just invested in understanding the business deeply to be able to come back. If, you might roll your eyes and say that seems like the biggest cliche in the world. But 
it, it, it matters. And there's a different level of trust um, that you can see. And again, if, if you see that with the line of business leaders, typically uh, CIOs on this journey will find a pocket of the business that believes in there has to be change and are willing to lean in and invest a different way to be able to prove it can work. And you start building that because um, most, most folks around the C-suite uh, or across that broader GM and business unit owner, they are pretty quick to try to adopt success. The core tech piece of it doesn't go away. It doesn't mean that every technology executive has to be a, a deep technologist but they damn well need to be able to stand in front of a, a highly effective technology organization if they want to be able to talk about something more. Correct me if I'm wrong then. What I hear you saying is operational excellence, deep, deep understanding of the business, deep understanding of the underlying technologies. All of these are table stakes for a CIO who wants to be that top cream of the crop progressive CIO that you've been talking about? We have to rethink how we structure investment, how we execute it against the technology agenda in a modern way, which is taking advantage of ecosystems, which is adding, uh, you know, how do we not just build or buy, but assemble the pieces of capabilities from cloud providers and open source and startups to be able to bring something new and do it in a way that's committed to Everything we do should be market back, you know, have a real reason for existence. And we're going to be iterative to prove the value, almost like a startup or a VC within a big organization. If we're going to invest in things just enough to be able to prove that there's a high confidence return if we continue to invest and have enough of those going, um, that you feel good that you're not going to be caught flat-footed. When you say it, you can see why there's only 8% of CIOs living up to that full potential, because it's a lot. Um, but there's no more exciting time to be a tech exec with the opportunity in front of us. In addition to the traditional CIO functions, you're really talking about a sophisticated understanding of innovation investment and how innovation supports the underlying corporate strategy and all of the financial aspects that go along with that as well. And I think this is the biggest for large organizations. Innovation is is a woefully ill-defined um, discipline still. And so, you know, there's a chance in the midst. Of, and I think this is the you know where, where digital transformation gets real. It's can we be very intentional about things as simple as what are our objectives for our innovation investments? The study we did showed that the the majority still had costs advantages as what they're trying to get out of innovation, which is was surprising and maybe a little, even a little disappointing. Though the high growth companies, the vast majority said it was for financial performance and growth, which you know, I, I guess that speaks for itself. So you've got, you know, we get to centralize, we're going to federate as a key decision. Uh, and, and as we do that, there's a piece of you want to make innovation as close to the business as it can get. There's also the piece of you don't want to have each part of your organization standing up competing investments in some of those same underlying capabilities. So how do you think about, hey, what is a, a better modern engineering backbone that we want to deploy across the entire? You know, is there an AI platform that we want to start investing in that all the different teams can share? 
even as simple as should we have sensing and scouting and ecosystem uh, relationship managers that are out looking for interesting new players that could help us solve problems differently or problems we didn't even know we had and, and do that in a way where it's not just the eureka of a random connection that you go along on a company without being intentional about who else is out there and what else could we be doing. When you think about innovation budgets, if it's year to year where initiatives are fighting for their own, you know, fighting for their existence, you know, it's the annual budget cycle and you almost have to justify every year. It's really hard to do bigger, bolder things. And so one of the things we looked at was what percentage of investment is actually protected multi-year um, and, and it's still a really small, really small percentage. And going back to the CFO, you know, if that's going to change, that's something that the, C, the CFO has to completely uh, sponsor and support. You know, and they're going to expect some kind of a return you know, with, what, with some kind of a confidence interval behind it. And the more that that's a portfolio of investment, the higher your confidence can be. So it's that balance of rigor with a portfolio lens that allow yourself to do some, some bold things that will take time. And, the, and the, the hardest thing, and we found this even internally, as I help lead our investments in hybrid businesses and, and helping make and shape markets from Deloitte's lens, stopping things. You know, how, how do you make it not that we're celebrating failure, but we're saying everything's a hypothesis and we've learned from it, but we have the discipline to go and say, Either we're not learning, we're spending money in this experimentation cycle, but there's no hypothesis we're actually challenging and learning from. That's a failure. Either that you're doing hypotheses or you're, you're experimenting, you're not learning, you know, or you have something that continues because it's some executive's pet project that isn't being killed. Um, and, and that's the way to have innovation continue to have uh, a, a shroud over it in an organization because it's, it's impossible to pick full slate of winners every time. You've got to be able to say no and stop. Well, certainly the balancing of resources and the investment decisions is one of the hardest aspects of business. But all of this begs the question of how can CFOs and CIOs together drive this kind of optimal scenario and relationship that you've just been describing? Part of it, and it sounds like 101, is that most IT organizations don't have good line of sight into their existing spend, much less the expected return behind the spend. There are continuing to be core tech investments that have to be made you know, because of scalability or because of changing security uh, postures or because of just hitting the end of life on on some existing legacy infrastructure applications that just need investment to modernize. Like those are really important, but telling the story of why is, is something that most tech executive organizations don't do well. So this idea that we've got, we're, we're going to give line of sight to the collection of investments we have. We're going to be able to, to drive a conversation of, do we think these match our broader corporate strategy, business strategy? or if it's a government agency mission strategy. Um, because it's very easy to say one thing about our intent. And then when you actually measure where resources are being spent, you can see if that's aligned or not. And then from a tech org, to be able to make sure that the things that are happening under core modernization or legacy renewal 
aren't being looked at as just, well, that's the, you know, that's the tech, the IT shop wasting money or, or, or you're burning dollars. But no, that's actually of incredible strategic importance. Um, but tell it in ways that the business would actually appreciate. And some of it's going to be just stability of operations. And some of it's going to be as the foundation we need for innovation and growth. And in the study with Workday, a piece of it was showing how, how do we have an iterative approach to core modernization that allows us to address some of those underlying concerns, but do it in a way that's tied to bigger, you know, bigger concerns. Bill, as we finish up, are there common obstacles, patterns, challenges that tend to arise and how do we solve those? First one is talent across the board. And when we say um, you know, modern tech organizations are building modern engineering function or building this innovation team, you know, the skill sets that you need are in short supply. But I think that talent of CIO and the CFO that need to step up to live to the potential we've been describing, you know, the, the hard reality is not everyone that holds the title today uh, can can get there. And, and part of our study, our global tech exec study was, you know, we don't think it's nature or nurture. It's not like only the folks that are built with a different kind of skill set have a chance to succeed in this role, but it requires some pretty intentional growth on the individual level um, to think about your priorities, you know, how you're spending time, the team you're putting around yourself, the relationships you're cultivating, the story that you're bringing to talk about what your mission is and how successful or not your organization is in it. Now, the good news is you don't have to do it alone. And the best organizations are saying, we want to co-invest. We want to partner strategically. We want to move from this being, you know, a procurement-based exercise where we pick software providers and contractors to go screw it in. To say, we want to have joint R&D capability, capital, you know, all jointly. Incentives are completely aligned and how do we actually grow and and transform our business. That's that's the message of hope. And that's why we need both CIO transformation and CFO transformation. Requires everybody working together. Again, it's not about alignment. I think that's too passive of a word. You know, this isn't uh, bring the CFO a strategy and let them play Cisco and Ebert. The lights come on and they say, like, they have to be not just a co-director, but maybe even know, on the set with you to make to make sure that that vision is being clear and it's shared and it's real and it's genuine and there's conviction to follow through. And the good news is we're seeing it happen. Eight percent is a lot better than zero percent. And hopefully, if we did this survey again in a year, you know, with everything that's happened this last two years, the the commitment to invest more in technology um, is there. The, the question is, do we fall back in the old patterns or do we use this as a reset to take full advantage of? the world in front of us. I I know where I vote. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take that as an invitation to come back and talk with you in a year. I love it. Hopefully I'll be back at home with pinball machines and guitars and uh, a a little bit more interesting backdrop. I'm in the office today, so I was glad we were able to do it, but um, I'll see you at home next time. Great. Bill Briggs, Chief Technology Officer of Deloitte. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michael. It's a pleasure.